illustrious interview with the one and only Jim Marin. Back to just the, us two lowly plebeians doing our podcasting. Adam Keeler on the, well, this is my eighth string today, not on the classical guitar. I've gotten a metal thing, soundtrack and stuff. And Dr. Tim Mirth on his Eastman jazz guitar doing the thing. So, Wood Aaron Metal, number 17. Today, we're going to be ranting and raving about uh, music Music and life. Music life and Grammy Awards and artistic merit and all the wonderful things. Inspired by this video by uh, Ellie Jackson, uh, a drummer, phenomenal drummer. And he shared some uh, pretty potent perspectives. Oh, that's three P's in a row there. It's a lot of P. That's a lot of P. So <laughs> pretty potent perspectives on the Grammys and like what gets you ahead in music, what uh, and so on. Talking, And he was mainly commenting on Bill Maher's statements about the Grammys and how like the top one, he's like, these are the top one percent and they're the best. So that's why they win the awards and have the most press and have the, well, the, all the trimmings that come with that the prestige, fame, money, mainly money marketing and everything else and he basically takes attack of being like well it has nothing to do with merit in that regard it has everything <laughs> to do with branding and pushing that particular thing forward which i kind of agree with and at least in the terms of the top pop music field it's definitely branding no doubt about it right. i don't necessarily think that's a bad thing like sure. at all it's like of course of course you're gonna get your brand out there that's you and at that level of success, you know, there is going to be, there's a point where obviously you have to have chops to get your foot in the door to some degree. Like there's no doubt about it. You can't be singing consistently. It, well, and there's a lot of different kind of chops. Yes, there's, exactly. Mu music is just part of the chops. And this is true of even us, right? It's only yeah. part of it. Yep. Absolutely. So you have that to kind of like get you started. And then it's a matter of, building your reputation and how does a reputation get built? Well, you get out there and you start doing work. Like you do it by work, you network, you show up at the gig, you be a professional, you get it, you get your paycheck and you go home and that's it. You know, that's just, uh, it's, it's all a matter of work to build your reputation, which can easily get shot to hell for one bad gig for a bit, you know, but at the same time, if you're dealing, I will say this much, at least in my opinion, you know, you can have one bad gig and everybody that's in a, another musician knows that it's just a bad gig you know, whatever, you know, one out of 30 or even one out of 25, 20 gigs that you make a mistake on is like, okay, that's... Yeah, I mean, I, also probably not noticed by an, a, a non-music audience, exactly. maybe not even noticed by a music audience. Mm -hmm. And what what is noticed though is like wardrobe malfunctions and, yeah. you know, and bad stage presence and uh, nervousness or like tripping over stuff or just kind of boring when they talk talk on the mic yep you know any of those like the non things right the non musical things it's, but I, I guess yeah to the the point is and i think what you're trying to say is these there's entertainers and it takes some skill to do that and we yeah. like entertainers they're yeah. great Absolutely. yeah and i guess what Ali was trying to get to was um, or what he was basically stating was that's fine. Entertainment, entertainment's fine. It's when you have personalities that are popular or whatever, start to say stuff like, well, this is, this is what's good music because it's good because it's popular. 
That's mm-hmm. why it's good. And it has nothing to do, like we were just talking, like there's all these other aspects of it that make it something, right? It's yeah. the entertainment side of it. It's sort of, in one respect, it's sort of irrelevant in terms of how good the music is. The music is a, is secondary. Like I just said, if you make a musical mistake on a gig, most people won't notice. But if you didn't dress right, they all notice. If you stuttered too much or something when you were talking to the audience, they'd notice. If you didn't make nice enough pamphlets or the stage setup wasn't very good, people notice that. Um, if the way you hold yourself isn't good, people notice that. So, um, anyway. Yeah, no, and he, he's pushing on those points. And I think his big, th- like the chief argument starts with the Bill Maher thing, which I like Bill Maher. It's, it's like, I don't agree with that on everything, but that's just life and so on. But I still like the way that he makes his points. I don't, and, and this video. It's pretty funny and stuff too, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Sure. And the clips that he showed, uh, Ali showed of Bill Maher's show, uh, Bill Maher was being like, uh, well, pretentious like he always is, and very like that's just his personality. Whatever, it, I, I, I get a kick out of it. But the um, the point that Bill Maher was pushing on is like, oh yeah, well the reason these guys are at the top is because they're they're good and they're the best, and that's where Ali is pushing back and being like, no, nah, and I think not yeah, even he used the, the term like one percent, like yeah, yeah, the one percent at the top are the top because they're the best. They're the most popular because they're good and everyone else sucks, basically. Yeah, and that's a, that was Bill Maher's comment. And Ali's like, nope, nope, you're you're throwing a lot of people out. And he went through his list of like all these phenomenal artists and musicians, which I would do the same thing. It's like, yeah, that's great, but have you heard of this, you know, the musicians' musicians uh, as, that we all, uh, as you get in the musical field, you find your tastes shift and you tend to respect a lot of people under the radar a lot more than people that are in popular. Not, and I'm not saying the popular ones suck. It's just a matter of like, you, you understand it more, you understand music more. So you understand the complexity of the things that the guy that isn't being blasted on the radio is doing, or not even complex. Well, it yes, it's, it's, <laughs> it's musicianship versus entertainment i guess you know i mean there's plenty of music out there that is just fun to listen to you know it the subwoofer like breaks your house down it's so awesome you know (laughs) but like from a musical like analysis standpoint or something or just even you know you wouldn't compare that song necessarily um and by the way this there are songs with huge subwoofer stuff that could be compared, but like you wouldn't compare it to like write a spring or something, or, yeah. you know, it, and it's not supposed to be, it's, it was meant to be, um, you know, uh, pop popular culture music or, or it's more of a folk sort of thing. Right. Like, and I mean, folk, not like folk instruments, but like, part yeah. of, it's a, it's a, it's the community sort of sharing of entertainment music um, no, as opposed like whole- to the art side of it. Right. Yeah, it's like the whole idea of like McDonald's hamburgers. Yeah. You know, it's like, why are these things so popular? You you eat them and you're like, okay. And I mean, <laughs> some people like them. I'll have it occasionally. Is whatever. It's fast and it's accessible and it's easy to get to. That's those are the three things that the McDonald's has versus Adam Keeler burgers. <laughs> you know, the words like I'm in my backyard coming up with it. It takes me a good amount right. of time. I don't market it and everything else. And my burger better? Oh, absolutely. But if I'm driving on the road, I'm going to go to McDonald's because I know what I'm going to get. Yeah, yeah, most people wouldn't argue that 
McDonald's is better than like a gourmet hamburger or whatever, you know, (laughs) or that even French fries, like there's nothing about McDonald's, anything that anyone would consider like high class. But actually, I just thought of this when you said that and kind of comparing it to pop music. The reason people like McDonald's is one, when you're in some random place, um, it's consistent. You know what you're going to get. It might not be great, but you know what you're going to get with it. You And it's pretty consistent across the board, no matter, even going to other countries. Yeah. It practically tastes the same wherever you go. So you sort of know what you're getting. That's sort of what ha- happens with popular music, too. It's There's, you might, you, I maybe, I'd be actually interested to hear, like, from people that only listen to pop music, if they feel this way. But it's, whether they like it because they just know what they're ex- to expect, you know, it's not going to, you know, they, they could dip their toes in the water of like fine cuisine and maybe they'll find something that just blows them away. But they've done that a few times before where they've ate something that was not, not for them at all. And the risk of doing that again is it's like a risk reward. Like, well, I know there's a chance I'll taste the greatest thing in my entire life, but there's also a chance I'll taste the weirdest, grossest thing that I've ever tasted. And maybe that's the same with music. Maybe say people who gravitate towards pop music think, well, at least I know what I'm getting. Like, I know, I know yeah. it's just a pizza hut pizza, but like, and I know I could make better pizza or that so-and-so has better pizza maybe, but they're more expensive. I know, I know what this is and it's, you know, it's fine. It it gets me through the day, you know? Yeah. Yep. And I think that's a, exactly it. There's a difference for, like, sometimes you just don't want to cook, so you go to McDonald's. You know, it's like, screw it. I'm just buying the kids chicken nuggets. I'm getting myself a burger, and I'm calling it a night because I'm, right. I, don't want, I don't want to have the brain power engagement level that it would take to cook everything and do it at home. Sure, Even though sure. I can do the same thing 100 times better. Um, and I get that with music. To a small extent. I honestly, though, like for myself, it's like I just can't turn on pop and have a good time uh, as, as well as I could. Let me put the kavat on it as well as I could with like uh, some <laughs> prog rock or whatever. You know, it's like that's more of a thing that'll hook me in totally. And not that I don't. Well, I mean, I, yeah. you know, I I will say that I next to never listen to pop music like n- I can't remember. Your kids and your wife don't listen to pop music? No, not at all. Like, Julie will, but um, not that much. And Sam and Ben, uh, Sam's big thing with music is, is, is from video games. Like, that's his chief thing. And and from me playing music all the time, it drives them nuts. <laughs> it's like when we took a trip the other weekend. They're like, Dad, can you, like, not listen to music on the way up? <laughs> it's a four-hour That's pretty drive. much what I get most of the time. Yeah, yeah pretty much. No, my kids listen to pop music and stuff. My my wife actually took my uh, Riv to see Katy Perry, you know, right before, or like a year and a half ago or so. Oh, nice. Um, you know, but that's a cool show to go to. Like, yeah, so that was her first concert. And yeah. like a huge screen with like an, I think it started with like this huge eyeball, you know, like just mm-hmm. looking around the stadium or whatever. I'm like, that's pretty awesome. Like to go see something like that. I mean, it's, great entertainment again yeah. like it's made to be very exciting and and that's, that's and it's well like extremely well done so well, i guess to say i'm saying all that but like i i hear the pop music all the time and i was actually i was talking to 
um, Chris Kuda the other day, um, great musician from the Cleveland area here. Um, and we were talking about pop music and stuff too. And, um, I was telling him how, you know, at some point I think, you know, when my wife and my kids and stuff, they're all listening to pop music, like always listen. That's what they listen to. Mm -hmm. And it's the pop music of today. And one of the attitudes I could have had like sort of early on was like, Ugh, like, why do we listen to this crap? You know, mm -hmm. but I had to make, I made sort of like a conscious decision to, um, you know, uh, appreciate it, you know, to say, well, come on, if you're telling me that I can't get anything out of this music, like it's yeah. completely worthless. It's not. And then, so I started listening to, you know, parts of, like, there's, there's some amazing production and yeah, there's also like, even just the, like the melodies and stuff that are used that, you know, to write a hit pop song, which everyone's like, why don't you just write a hip hop song and you could make millions of dollars and you could just live off of that. <laughs> Like yeah, there's, there's quite an art to it, right? It's not so easy. And there, there's a lot of other factors that go into all of it. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make is there's plenty as a musician to learn from listening to that music. Um, yeah, I'm right with you on the production end. Absolutely. The more I got into the production end of stuff, the more I realized that that is like a super high end. It is an man. art form in itself in producing. It's unbelievable what you have to keep track of. Uh, to that regard. And it's, uh, that's what kind of gives it that interesting. Like if I do listen to pop, that's automatically where my ears go. Like sure. it just like, okay, so they're putting this frequency in this area and this over here. And uh, I see what they're doing with that. Oh, that's a nice verb. They got going on this or man, they're, they're really doing that white noise on that drum. You know, like that, that's well, I mean, also, I mean, a lot of it grooves. It does. Yeah, you absolutely. I mean, it makes you want to dance. What's wrong with, there's nothing wrong with that. That's no, a good, that's a good thing. Not we at could, all. We could, pretty much every style of music could use more of that. So I think that, uh, but I, I just to kind of bring us back to the point that he was pushing against sure. to call those particular guys or those particular artists as like the top tier musicians. Like I, I wouldn't do that. Like easily, it'd be like that. Like yeah, you're good at what you do, but I don't think you're like in the field of musicians, musician, right. so to speak. And I'm not saying they don't work hard at all but there's a difference between them and Shostakovich like sure <laughs> you, you know what I, I thought that he said that was really interesting in that video was um, that <laughs> you you know Bill Maher's kind of a skeptic right he's supposed to be like the intelligent sort of like see through the cracks that's sort of his persona yeah. but yep. here he was sold yeah. something he was sold this thing it's intentionally made to be it's the McDonald's Mm -hmm. like we just kind of said, and and I, and I mean that in the best way, not the not the bad way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's like basically being sold McDonald's, and McDonald's is saying it's the best. This is the best thing you're ever going to eat in your entire life. And he's like, "You're right. They so you know, you're so popular. McDonald's is the most popular restaurant in the world because it's the best." And uh, instead of saying, "Well, you know." it's it's the most popular because of these things that are that are real things you know um so basically he's he was duped you know bill maher was duped and outsmarted by the music industry so to speak um to really? just buy by hook line and sinker that what they're selling and the images and everything the whole the whole nine yards that comes with it is the best because they said it was. 
And that, I think that that's, uh, that's the first thing. And it, the Ellie does touch on that. And that's where I would bring in the point, too. It's like, how much music education does Bill Maher have? Like, I don't know. But I'm going to assume clearly not a lot, because that would be a very easy tell with that. And, and that's the other thing, too. It's like, I wonder if the quality of pop music and its quote-unquote decline in terms of musical variety is directly correlated with the availability of music programs in school like the less uh, emphasis on musical education because you know the funding and all the other stuff right. or whatever and, and these are clearly huge brushes i'm, I'm painting it, 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 it's a, it's a multifactorial issue i'm just trying to poke at something uh it's so with that going down the pop music being what it is, it's like, okay, well, if nobody's sitting there and has to do orchestra or learn how to play an instrument, it's pretty easy to get sucked into particular styles of that because it's all that you hear and all that's put out. And there's gatekeepers with it, like, um, yeah, and, and so on. It's like, what's going to be popular and what's not. And that, I think, is where Ali is, is saying, like, well, that's where Bill Maher is living in that little headspace of that, like, popular thing, doesn't know anything, musically so he's sitting in this pop universe being fed the same thing and being like oh okay that's it where it would take a little bit of education to be like oh well that's really impressive compared to what i've been listening to here but yeah and that's his chief thing and his other thing is just like you know i, I like that he talked about he used that one phrase spectacle culture which i think is just like that's a brilliant phrase you know it's like that's what it is that's why tiktok with its minute long things it, it has yeah. such a draw to it you know vine was a little bit too short with seven seconds but the tiktok is great with a minute or so and you know for the times that i had tiktok on my phone i don't keep it on my phone mainly because of uh it's too easy to sit down and go well let's just say everybody looked at tiktok when they happened to be relieving themselves so it's uh you know it's like get up from the toilet and i can't feel my legs so they got sucked in the stupid one minute videos 30 times over i've never uh, used it I, I we got a my work basically said you can't use it yeah oh yeah it's a gaping <laughs> so, security hole that's so, the other reason why i don't um, but well, i don't uh, use it yeah but it's one of those things where it's very easy to get sucked into it because it's entertaining but he's absolutely right that it's just spectacle culture like you're just watching people either make a fool of themselves or allegedly do something special and uh, whether the two are mutually exclusive in the video or not those yeah, are the sure. things push towards and you know the thing that was amazing to me is as i was watching it i'm just like like most of these are reaction videos to somebody else's thing so it's like I'm not, I'm not watching the original video i'm watching a reaction of the guy reacting to the original video and this guy's right. got like millions of followers it's like you're not even making something you're just talking about and the ultimate meta is we're doing the same damn thing I with know. this other thing but at least we have a long form video so we got that going for us yeah you know? sure <laughs> uh, so, but uh regardless of, of those particular um tiktok points with that the spectacle culture i think it's a very astute observation because it's uh, somebody i don't know who the saying uh, or who said the saying but it's like pop music is very bland music done extraordinarily well or uh um and entertainingly like it's an incredible show when you go to see something yeah. though and then the converse is classical music is this incredible music but the showmanship is like slim to none if it, if at all they just kind of sit there and play the instrument which i think is great personally but that's me like you go to a jazz show you're not expecting to see a 50-foot billboard 
high def TV, putting a huge eye on the screen and so on, and, and seeing it, that's no, I'm saying the football game on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, um, By the way, don't schedule jazz gigs um, on Super Bowl Sunday. This doesn't work out. Nope. Might nope. have been there before. <laughs> I, I, I had to do a classical gig on like the when the or not the Browns when the the Indians were in the. The pennant or like the world cup or the, whatever the baseball thing is clearly i follow sports right <laughs> so the the, the, base. the world cup where they kick the field goals yeah no. exactly and 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 they struck everybody out yeah <laughs> damn it <laughs> um i can't remember what it was the world series that's it so the world series was on and i had a background music gig at, at a bar it was like yeah forget it like what the hell i know i definitely had we went, so cleveland around here obviously we we have the calves and lebron and everything and when they would be in the finals, I definitely had gigs on finals night. And I'm actually – I, the only sport I really kind of follow is Cavs and NBA. But it was kind of like, ain't nobody in Cleveland going to a gig. On yeah. A, and you can't you can't plan that out, by the way. You don't even know the schedule of the finals, yep. really. Like, you wouldn't even know. And you certainly wouldn't know if the local team was going to be there or not. <laughs> so. Yep, absolutely. So it's, it's one of those things. So anyway, so – the, the to harp on the point of the spectacle culture is that you have this idea when you're going to see a show if you're going to see a pop show it should be incredibly entertaining like you're expecting to see a lot of movement dance routines television effects lighting fireworks or whatever all going on with that and at the price point it better damn well be you know yeah, i mean that, that's true only but that's only true of that one percent right that actually has the money to pull that off Mm-hmm. You know, when you go to local pop gigs, they don't have any of that, really. No, not at all. I mean, they 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 try to, you know, you got to kind of have the wardrobe, you have to have the look, you have to have good stage presence. And, and so those are the things you're sort of like working up so that 10 years before you get famous or whatever, you're honing your stage chops. And, and that's absolutely... And that crucial. should be crucial of... Every musician, by the way, I I don't I agree with you on that. I don't one. really give a free pass, and I'm I have plenty to work on myself on this too. But uh, it's no matter who you what you're playing note wise, if you look like you're not into it, or you know you have the wrong like energy you're presenting yourself with, it sucks the life out of the music. Yeah. It just that does, and maybe that it's fun. maybe that's not fair. Maybe that's like. You're listening with your eyes, but you cannot. I mean, I'm a mus- I've been a musician forever, and I've been listening to music since I was born, and really listening to it for the last thirty years. Like, and I l- can go so deep and lose track of time and whatever. Yeah. And a lot of times I close my eyes to do that, and yet I still, when I go to a show, I do close my eyes a lot because I can hear better with my eyes closed. But, um. I still notice it. Like the yeah, you can still notice the vibe. It's really hard to not notice when somebody's just has horrible stage presence. Yeah. Oh, um, absolutely. It's very quickly apparent when somebody doesn't want to be there or doesn't know what they're doing. Right. You know, like up on stage, and that's something that takes. You have to get the your knocks on yeah. you. It takes time, and it takes time. Nobody has it the gate out. I mean, you talk. You know, the, the Beatles, I think, did I send you that picture? Yeah. You know, or something. It's like the Beatles before they hit it, and there was only like 17 people at the gig, you know, and it looked like an empty place. And this was like a year or two before they met it, you know. But they used to have this gig, I guess, I think it was in Germany maybe, 
where they played like seven days a week for like two years nonstop, you know, you get a lot of chops and they were, and I think they were like four to like six hour gigs every day. You know, you do that for seven nights a week for two years, you're going to get, you're going to figure some stuff out, you know? And so they were so polished when they came out, you know? Um, and there's, there's only one way to do that is just play lots of gigs. You really can't do it any other way. And even like uh, Katy Perry, we were just talking about my my wife's a big fan, and she has she so she shared like stuff before Katy really got big. She's I mean great singer. Mm-hmm. I mean she was doing all kinds of like just like sleeping on couches and for ten years before she hit big really. You yeah, know, she did the whole like touring around, sleeping in vans, and playing any show she could, and getting any yep. band she could, take any side gig she could, like. She did the whole thing so that by the time she was ready to hit, you know, she probably had thousand some gigs. Um, yeah. Oh, you, absolutely. You can't, you just can't teach that, you know. Well, that's the other, like, it's a slight bunny trail. It's like when everybody was like, oh, well, Jules slept in her car when she was trying to make it. And I'm like, well, yeah, everybody does. Yeah, that's right. Like, so- it's like, I've done it. You know, it's just, you just do it. It's, it's because it's like, oh, I could get a hotel and piss away that money or which I need to put in the gas and for food right. and hopefully I'll get maybe, more. Maybe not make it to the next town. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's like the, in that regard, it's like, okay, you don't get like, you, congratulations. You've done what everybody else has done. Um, well, yeah, but it's still, it, that just shows you what it takes though. I mean, it does take yeah. that or it, a lot of times it has, especially prior to American Idol. Um, uh, that was another great comment he had. So yeah, it wasn't, uh, about the American Idol thing is America. He said, isn't it funny that American Idol got super famous when, um, it started showing all the bad people. (laughs) Like that's when it really took off and became like the most popular show. Um, it wasn't the great talent, so to speak. It was just the the spectacle. Yeah. And that it's because he piggybacked that right after he dropped the thing. Boom. Spectacle culture. And so that translates both ways, though. It's like we want to see it's maybe it's that whole like innate thing of we want to see people on the edge of physically impossible tasks to see them either complete it or to see it go the other way. Either way, it's entertaining because, you know, that particular thing is, is right. hard. And so if they botch it, it's like, oh, well, you know, it's still entertaining. Um, it's, it's like fail videos are so stinking. They're so popular. Yeah. And you know, I, I never maybe. It's just me, but I most of the time, sometimes they catch me and I I do laugh. But most fail videos, I just like I'm like, all right, it's not really that funny. Like, I, <laughs> like that a lot that, of people love them. I I don't know. Did you watch that one that I sent you of the guy that said he's going to hell because of the song he made? Where it's that little girl with the dog, and she's like, "Go!" and the dog goes and like yanks her down, and like she hits the ground pretty hard. <laughs> it's 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 like, "Ooh, that had to hurt!" But the guy's like, and he samples it and, and like builds a complete song. I don't up. think I saw that one. Oh, dude, I, I'll I'll send it to you. It's really freaking funny. It's hysterical. So, anyways, um, again, just harping on the spectacle culture thing. So to bring this around, Bill Maher is making a thing about these people at the top being like the best of the best musician wise, which clearly is not the case like that that i could but you know what he could have easily said is they're the best of the best entertainment wise yeah and he'd be totally on the mark yep i said that like uh there was this big back when i was active on facebook there was this whole thing about kanye going around and i was like the guy's a great entertainer 
like absolutely phenomenal entertainer. Right. And like people got pissed when I dropped that line. And I'm like, listen, he's, he's not Bach. Like he's not at that. And it, sure. I just throw Bach out there because Bach's like my particular cup of tea. God. But yeah. yeah, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> I'll, I'll admit it. I'll take that. Um, so it, uh, so it's, I'm not saying that he's bad at what he does, but it's a different aim to it. You know, right. it's like, and so it, I don't put them in the same category to the same degree. Like yeah, there's, right. there's music, but Bach did not do the shows that Kanye did. I mean, regardless of the time period or anything else. And Kanye cannot write the same way that Bach did. Right. And that's just, okay, that's fine. I'm not like trying to be offensive when I say that. I'm just putting, I'm delegating cl uh, classes of musicianship in a different way. Right. You know, one of them, you take away the spectacle from Kanye. And you go see it. And I wonder how much it would be in terms of engaging. And, sure. it, and seriously, but if you put that same spectacle on Bach, imagine how much entertaining, more entertaining in a sense. Maybe. Well, I don't know. Well, I guess it depends what you... Part, so part of the Kanye thing, it's kind of like that superstar quality that he walks into a room. Just walking into the room, that guy exudes a certain thing, right? Yeah. Uh, and I don't know I, what, who if Bach had that or not. I have no idea. But this guy, like... Like you know, the people want to oh. know what he's thinking. Like how he, he could probably fart, and people would be like, "Man, this is freaking awesome!" You know, <laughs> it is just because he just some people have. Are, I'm not gonna say they're born with it because I think you work for it, but they do. People do have that quality when certain yep. people when they walk into a room, and so when you say that, it's like, well, even if you took away all that stuff, people would be like, "Man, Kanye's getting real," you know, <laughs> like this is great. Like he's sitting there in this crappy bar doing a gig to a CD or whatever, and he's just doing his thing. And people yeah. will be like, this is the most amazing, like fresh, raw thing he's ever done. You know? So I don't, I don't know that you would lose it because it, maybe to get to the level he's at, he was able to take a lot of the spectacle things. And obviously he's, he's kind of like Trump in the way that it's like, all press is good press. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. So he's he learned that. So that helped him rate rise his like profile or whatever. But it, I think it would take a long time for him to become irrelevant. You know, mm -hmm. even if he lost money or whatever, like it it would take quite the effort at this point for him to become irrelevant. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing too is that with the spectacle culture, the pop icons go directly involved with that because it. They, they feed into it, and not necessarily in a bad way. Yeah. But uh, I think we're kind of maybe veering off of the whole idea of, like, Bill Maher's comment and this guy's comment on it uh, and getting it. To, we're following too many bunny trails a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Either way, it's fun. But I, just to kind of bring it back around, you know, so he was basically – Ali was going after – correctly bill maher's interpretation of how the music industry worked and being like you know there's all these phenomenal musicians and it used to be at least uh in ali's argument uh that the musicians would vote for the musicians like the grammys were all musicians uh, and everybody had a particular because i know somebody that, that has a grammy vote uh and uh you know they're saying that you know we just pick the ones that we like or in their case they uh, pick the ones that they like uh other yeah. people and he brings it like, well, so like solicitating or soliciting uh, votes or something like that in, in one sense. Uh, and I kind of, I, I do like that, uh, that criticism. Well, that's exactly how it works now, isn't it? I mean, that you have to petition to the voters, I guess. Yeah. And, and there's like who may or may not be musicians. 
and ask them, plead with them to put you on the list. Or maybe not. No, you might be right. You know, know. when you send your your CD with a check, you know? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) there's like 50 cents. Have you considered? Yeah. There's a dollar. The whole this is what I made. This is what I made on Spotify all year. <laughs> you should put me up for a Grammy. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I get it. So that like the voting thing is kind of annoying. I don't necessarily yeah. like that. But again, there's no way to get to that. I mean, that whole the Grammy stuff. Awards is entertainment. Yes, absolutely. It's it stops being a, a musical highlight. Of like they're a Grammy winner, so it's like, oh, I'm gonna think they're a great musician. It's like, no, I consider them a Grammy winner. Like yeah, that. It's, it's well, going down a rabbit hole, but the, the to we actually, I just was talking to somebody about this too, like rewarding behavior. Um, like, do you re, should you reward somebody for doing their job? Like, if you do your job, do you deserve a reward? For doing your job, or should you only get a reward when you you go beyond whatever your job is, you know? And those any kind of like music award shows, kind of or music award thing, is kind of weird because well, music's art for one. So how do you even say one thing's better than another or something like that? And so many times, you know. Um, somebody passes away or something, and then they post um, humanis. What is it? Humanously? Why am I posthumously? Posthumously. Yes, thank you. Um, you know, receive a ton of Grammys. You know, <laughs> and it's like, well, and they'll be like, because because they maybe they just put out an album or something, and they're like, hey, look, this is this was the number one jazz album, and this is the number one pop album, and it's like, well, that that doesn't seem very authentic. Um, whether it was a good album or not is sort of irrelevant. It's just saying that there's there's other factors into how those things happen because, I mean, what do you, how do you even judge it? You know, how would you say this is the best album of the year kind of thing? Like, <laughs> I don't even know how you would. You have you might have things you like the most, but even if I like something the most, I can't imagine saying it was the best. So it's it's already a failed premise, I guess is my point. And a lot of times it's just people, quote unquote, doing their job. It's sort of like when you go beyond your job, which, you know, doing something outside of your comfort zone, let's say, maybe that's the time that you should get rewarded. And, And maybe that's often what happens in some of these. But a lot of times it doesn't seem like that. It seems more like. They've been a steady band, always putting out the same record, and yeah, we have we've right. never given them a Grammy yet, so it's been yeah, this it, is their tenth album, so we're finally gonna do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, maybe, maybe not. I mean, some of it. I don't know if it's like necessarily like they're throwing established acts a bone because they've just been a contender for so long, you know. But I mean, maybe, you can find proof of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like. Uh, but I think that, like, in terms of getting the quality thing, it's one of those things where it's like, the more trained you are, the more you'll recognize it. You think? I, I mean, we, I, think I guess so. the more, I guess I'm, I, I'm sorry, I'm being, like, kind of stubborn on this, I guess. But no, that's fine. That's the, I kind of feel as the 
opposite, <laughs> which is the more I learn, the more open I am to all of it. So, like, how do I compare Taylor Swift's new album where she did go outside, you know, and she, like, played all acoustic instruments or whatever and the whole thing, and it brought in, like, all these other people that she never worked with or something, and then how do I compare that, let's just say, album of the year or something, to, like, the latest um, Brad Meldow record or, like, you know, like, how would I even... They're they're not even really the same kind of thing, and each of those things have a lot of value for what they are. And I don't know. I just don't even like. I can respect both of those things, mm-hmm. um, and I might prefer one over the other, um, but that doesn't mean it's better. Um, yeah, I'll get. I'll give you that. Absolutely. I, I guess, in, you know, in one sense with this whole thing, it's like I'm so out of the pop music field. Like, I I, I think, did I say this earlier? I probably said it earlier, but it's like I never turn it on. Like, never. Yeah. Well, by the way, it's, I'm just picking on somebody who's popular. Whether, no. Whether any of the popular, maybe that's the problem too, is the Grammys rewards the popular side of it, right? For being popular. It's like, yeah, oh, you I, sold the most records, so you're the best. Um, Again, that it has to be the self. It's a self-sustaining cycle, you know. It's uh, and you the, paid us the most money in your little gift basket. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and he makes a good point. I like the way that he like did that. The point of like the branding type of thing, because most of the musicians that I listen to, most not all, don't have their own line of stuff. You know, it's like they're yeah, but they a lot of them have brands. Yeah, I so, I was just about to go to that. Yeah. Like some of them do. Some of them have like their own signature guitar series or their I don't, own even, I don't even like let's not even go that far. Like um let's pick on like Haken or something. Is um, it Haken you're talking? I don't know. <laughs> but like you know what they're gonna sound like their record's gonna sound like effectively. You know what their logo looks like, you know what sort of style of music it's gonna be, you know what the look is, mm-hmm. you know, like um, same with Tool or something you know, or Dream Theater or whatever like those are established brands whether they have signature guitars or a bunch of stuff that they sell or anything That's like what that I was aiming at I was saying that like just to clarify like Taylor Swift selling a new perfume right. like the brand in terms of the music is already established it's kind of like a that is a, its own unit but then to take like her name and throw it onto something that has nothing directly to, to do with an album and be like taylor swift's new dress series or that reminds me, speaking of dream theater do you see john patrucci has a new bourbon oh he does huh? I mean, i'm not even lying <laughs> and here we go being hypocrites and <laughs> <laughs> just to give it a shot but well don't you think a lot of that comes with just a certain level of popularity like yeah, absolutely. Dream Theater is teeters on that line, but they're just enough over the line that John Petrucci and John Petrucci's. I mean, as far as guitar players go now, there's not that many more popular than him. Yeah. Um, and just in general, so yeah, he carries enough weight and probably has enough money to put out a a line of bourbon. You know, like Bumblefoot with his hot sauces. Yeah. And uh, see now. The difference is, is he starting? Uh, here's the question. I'm, oh. I'm assuming that Taylor Swift did not go into the, the sell her own t- particular thing of perfume. 
that it because it, it's not like you know oh did Taylor Swift or whatever. It's like this advertised by Taylor Swift. Does that make sense? Yeah, but do you think but, that John Petrucci or Bumblefoot made any of that stuff? They didn't do it. They just rebranded it. Yeah, I, and that's where I was coming. Which is the that. same exact thing as the perfume. How is it different? Right. I, I'm trying to think of a difference, but I can't. <laughs> You're winning that one. But like, and Sammy Hagar with Cabo Wabo, you know, right. you did the same. Uh, but uh, I mean, now granted, he, the difference, here's the difference. Sammy Hagar invested buco bucks into that Cabo Wabo thing to get that tequila brand going. And he sold it for a boatload of cash it was ridiculous i think i think it was almost a billion dollars is like him reselling it and he started it invested like a couple of million in the beginning to get it off the ground yeah um yeah. so like kudos to him for that and that's where i'm kind of like poking because like you know whatever perfume brand x brings in taylor swift to help them push it to the next level to an extent yeah. is different than john petrucci going hey I want to start a bourbon thing. Here's a couple million dollars to get it going, you know, as my initial investment to bring my. Okay, standard. but is that okay? Well, is her doing that any different than John doing? Well, <laughs> there's two. Th- I'm gonna do, <laughs> doing like a the mess of like be, being like a an endorsee for a different product. So I, I know you're. I think I know what you're gonna say there, which is well, he's a musician. He's just pushing gear that he uses, you know. Yeah, and I know a, he has some signature yeah. models, but those are, some of those are recent, you know, like the signature Mesa Boogie thing or whatever. But uh, I'm pretty yeah. sure, if I'm not mistaken, John Petrucci did do a beard lotion thing. Yeah, and, and I, I guarantee that he didn't make any of that, or probably yeah, didn't invest no. in it. It's probably just him using his popularity and large beard. <laughs> to be a, effectively a model, you know, a TV yeah. ad spokesman, right? Um, which, again, I mean, I think it's just a certain level of popularity. Would I do a beard commercial thing? Of course I would. <laughs> <laughs> would I put my would – I, would I do a bourbon? Of course I would. Would I do a perfume? Sure, why not? <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I, I would love to do a beard thing, but I, I don't think I'd ever get called. <laughs> They're like – Dude, you you have nothing, and I'll be like, yeah. I, I mean, we I can make the wood air metal bourbon. I'd be totally about that. That I would totally. Cause that's also the ingredients of uh, what goes into a bourbon. You got right. the metal of the 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 still. Yeah, let's get on that. What what do we need to get that there started? We go. And air. Hey, that, let's go. Let's start a GoFundMe. <laughs> For the wood air and metal bourbon. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so with the, yeah, all right. So we're getting down to a point where it's like. So clearly you can use some point of your popularity to push products in order to kind of help feed that and bring other people up with the coattails, push a product, bringing more popularity to enable you to push another product and so on. Ali's particular argument is that that has nothing to do with musicianship in terms of making somebody better, which I completely agree with. That's kind of a no brainer. And then he has the whole thing. It's like, well, you know, if you're, you have, copious amounts of skin in videos that's going to get people's attention right and he's kind of complaining about that and i'm like i see his point with that where it shouldn't be a focus on seeing that much skin but you have to be an absolute idiot to see why the, or to not get right. why i mean movies have been doing it and tv shows uh, have been doing it and tv ads everything does it right i mean for crying out loud there's a roman drawings of penises all over the place back in Rome to get like people's attention for a brothel. We know what it is. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. 
Right. We're human. We can't help it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, gonna... Before before I lose the point, um, you were talking about the branding thing. He was mentioning how some people, like one way to get popular right now is to literally say brands in your songs. Yeah. Like, what was it? It was like Netflix, Hulu. There's like all these buzzwords, like just like putting it in the music that you actually write, like sort of doing it on purpose not to make a point like i think we could all get like the netflix chill or whatever like everybody understands what it is to like binge watch a show and that could be a fine thing to write a song about but it's just like saying that that's one thing but to say it in a way that you're hoping that it like catches the google search engine thing so that more people see it or whatever um those those are kind of like eh. I think it was harping on the thing like the product placement thing in the Truman Show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're, I think his thing was saying that these companies approach these particular artists and be like, drop our name and we'll give you X amount of things. Or we'll cover the expenses of the video that you're doing if you drop our name. Yeah, in right. Which does happen all the time. Definitely in terms of actual product placement, but not I don't know about that in terms of a lyrical thing. Like if I was an artist and they came in and said, like, if you say the name Pepsi in your next single and right. we'll give you X amount of money, it'd be like, well, Pepsi, 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 Pepsi. What can I rhyme that with? You know, or what? There is a point where clearly, you know, to say so that somebody necessarily sold out that does something like that is garbage. You know, they want to, everybody's in it to make some money ideally. So doing that is not a compromise, direct compromise of artistic integrity. Right. It still doesn't necessarily mean though, that that they're artist, the best. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That doesn't mean that they're the best that, but right. that's feeding the, the popular, the, the popular, um, uh, syndrome of unpopular XY is for, for music. So therefore my name carries weight in terms of this perfume, which I can use to sell that the perfume company approaches me, pays me to do that particular thing, or I take a cut of it, you know, by throwing my name on it, which helps me get more popular, which getting more money, which helps me brand this. And I mean, these people's operations are corporations of, you know, hundreds of people to get their thing going. You yeah. know, they're not yeah. like Taylor Swift or Nick, what's her face uh Nicki minaj, minaj yeah or whatever and that they're sitting there on their phone all day doing it it's like nope they have several business managers getting well paid to continue to do this and they get well paid so the other person gets well paid and and, and so on and that's just part of building it that's why you see the lawsuits between managers and uh bands all the time it's like well you cut us you cut this deal but you you shafted us though you made yourself rich using our brand in that regard uh, which has happened. I th didn't tell if it go through any, anyways, whatever. But um, so I s still, s like, I agree with Ali's point on all of that. I just don't begrudge the people at the top. I think his chief thing is just like thinking that because they're at the top, monetarily and popular wise equals phenomenal musicianship, you know, right. which is just that I'm going to, that I completely uh, get his beef because that's the other thing that kind of ticks me off. Like just because they happen to be the one that you recognize doesn't mean it's the best in any way, shape, or form. You know. Um, yeah, I that think everyone can agree on that, and I and I think the reason he made the video and was kind of annoyed, and perhaps why we're annoyed is that Bill Maher in particular is seen as an intelligent you know, well-spoken, thought-out kind of person, even if you don't agree with him. Um, 
And even though he shouldn't have a respected opinion about music, because he has such a large platform and he can say stuff like that, people literally, I'm sure, saw that and were like, yeah, he's got a good point. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's yeah, like, so oh, I, yeah, I really shouldn't. I guess I should just listen to the stuff like this because that is the best and everything else sucks. Yeah, yeah. It, which is like, I, I again, it's one of those things that I would just never turn on. It's like I just couldn't care less. It doesn't do anything for me. But uh, whatever. And that, I, and that, again, I agree with Ali on that one. Absolutely. It's just like, well, this guy's pretty ignorant of how music works. At least we're assuming that much. And Bill Maher hasn't come out and like given a reaction to Ali's video, that which I'd love. That we know of. Yeah, that we know of. I, I'd love to see that. That would be great if it's like gets to that point where it's like the blowback hits him, and he has to respond in his Marian way. That would be very, very entertaining to watch. Speaking of spectacle culture, I, I'm um, just imagining being like, so there's a bunch of musicians whining about me. <laughs> Maybe they should get a different job because they suck. <laughs> yeah, because they're they're not the one yeah. percent. And then you can just you I'm go surprised back. I even heard them because. <laughs> yeah. And I go like, Bill, you're good, but you're not the one percent. Like Dave Chappelle pulls in a hell of a lot more than you do. So, <laughs> whatever. So, does that mean he's better than you? Yes, yes, it does. Take that. <laughs> so, anyway, um, but yeah, and I think that I, I liked the, the Ali's video and I liked the, the points that he made. And especially when he rambled off all those great musicians, it's like, well, yeah, of course. But I think it's also maybe a little bit unfair because it's an apples to oranges comparison, even though there's a music thing going with it. Because it's just different when you have that level of branding and clout. You know, it's like, I, 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 it's, it's just a different thing. It really is. You know, when you get that big, it's not just, I'm a musician. It, that was the catapult. But now you're sitting in the top thing of, of business to an extent, with music being one of the many avenues that you have going out there. Oh, sure. Um, the pri- I mean, Maybe even the primary one. But it's like merch is a big thing. And all that design stuff. And uh, the, the stage yeah, show. I mean, that, that's true, I guess, of any band... And yeah, absolutely. Most musicians that are popular so enough, I, I guess. I will say, not in the it's not so much in the classical field, if at all. Like, I, I would never buy a Jason Vo t shirt. You know, well, okay, I won't say never, but they don't <laughs> totally offer. would. Don't even yeah, lie. Totally. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm totally, it's like actually, as the words are leaving my mouth, it's like, dude, you totally would. I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd wear it every day. You're like, why? Why doesn't he have one? Yeah, yeah, that, that, but exactly, that's where my head went. You know, it's like, well, he doesn't have one, so that's why. You know, and and in that regard, you know, you don't see like you know that type of spectacle buying thing in in class. We'll, we'll buy the albums, and we might look at the products that they use, but we I don't. It's just a, a level of popular. I mean, if Jason View was like, man, I really love these strings, you'd be like, oh, I should try those out. And if he yeah, was like. Um, you know, this is the best restaurant in Cleveland. You'd be like, oh, I should try that out. Well, you know? Lola's, that's, he's, I, I think that he actually did remark something like that. That's like his favorite place to go is Lola's. Uh, and then uh, uh, as for the strings, I mean, it's Michael Feynman, so it's going to be good. I right. think everybody's like, yeah, I'd love to go there all the time. But uh, in terms of the strings, like uh, I tried the galley ones when he was on with galley strings. And I liked them, except they shredded so fast I stopped using them. Like within a week, the high E string was unwinding 
you know, which is crazy for a, a carbon string. So I was like, forget this. I can't, I'm not spending 20 bucks on a set to have it be a week in terms of use. Yeah. And sure. then, just switched to I guess. Was he? You did try it though, right? <laughs> well, I tried it before he was. It, that was his classic. Oh, uh, okay. Well, so I, but if it was something new, you would you'd probably. Well, try like it. now he's on Augustine Regals. Like he uses Augustine strings, and I have no desire to try him at all. Like I use their bases on my classical, and I use uh, Hensei tops uh, for the the treble strings, and that's like where I'm at. I, oh, you went. You eventually will. No, I will. I don't think I will. I mean. I've heard a couple of really good things about them, not just like with Jason. I've seen some other people, but the carbon, the Hensei tops, man, make a guitar scream. Like the comparison, I have not found another string that is that full and punchy for that particular Thames. Like, but with, with the Barnett guitar, it's a totally different thing. Like the Henseys I have are on it, but they don't sound the same. Like I don't get the same type of response. And that's not the guitar because when I did have like regular Diodario, they sounded phenomenal on it. So it's like, and maybe that's more of an acoustic instrument thing than an electric uh, instrument thing, but uh, for sure, different strings sound that. You know, when I first got my Thames, I spent like yeah, certain, certainly, yeah, uh, trying them out, and I think that, but that, like, you know, that's just like I think in the classical field, you're gonna go with what's gonna sound good for you on your instrument, and so on. You'll give those guys a shot, but you're not just giving it a shot. You're mace because of their name on it. You're giving it a shot because I'm giving everything a shot right now to see what's going to work, you know? And well, I mean, there's also a little bit of, we're not a fair judge on any of this because we're musicians. Like we have a much different perspective. It doesn't really matter what we think, I guess in a lot of ways, because we're in the middle of all of it and we have skewed opinions. It's, it's kind of like I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, you know, just because a chef says something is the best food in the world. <laughs> that's like a renowned chef. Yeah, yeah. It might not be something that you actually like. Um, that totally there's totally. And totally. It, it, it might not even be, because you're not cultured enough either. Maybe you just really would have never like it. Um, and same with music. Like you might say Bach is the greatest, but there's plenty of musicians who don't think so, you know, that <laughs> have studied and. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> but, you know, or maybe just, just find it okay, you know, or whatever, just never oh, resonated yeah. with them or, or whatever. You know, great musicians that, that might feel that way. So. Um, it's not like it's set in stone, like somehow, or it's like some comes down from high that we, there is great music and there's not great music and great music is a very specific thing or not. Like that's, it's not like that. So I don't know. Yeah. This goes kind of harkens back to that debate that we had that what makes uh, music great type of thing. Yeah. Like we, we talked about that in one of our first podcasts going back and forth, but like what sets up like a certain level of what is advanced. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. It's like what's beginning, what's intermediate and what's advanced. Um, and then maybe that, that, that whole argument continues to flow out through uh, the record sales and everything else. Just like what is the beginning thing in terms of like popularity right. level, what's intermediate, you know, your, your indie bands that are decently signed and can, can support themselves with music alone and then you have your guys with the private jets that have just 
hit a level of success. That's oh, so I guess I was getting my the point I kind of lost track of, which was so what is the Jason View fan who's not a musician like? Would they buy the T-shirt? Would they buy the bourbon? Would they buy the <laughs> hair gel or whatever? You know, like I think they might. Yeah, you know, I think. You know, musicians yeah. don't count. That's what I'm trying to say. It's like, we don't really count for one. We don't have any money, but two, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. you know, it's like, we, we like way too many musicians to like really go down to yeah. completely investing in one musician where a lot of people, you know, they're like hardcore, whatever band, the right? guys. <laughs> they listen to the same album 75 million times, you know, and, those are the people you is a musician you love to have because they'll buy everything you ever do. And, uh, yeah. So well, I don't, like, uh, musicians aren't really like that. It's the regular people that are like that, that do that, that obsess over one artist. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Absolutely. So the question is, is how do we get a t-shirt merch table at a classical guitar concert? <laughs> you should do one. <laughs> Just, just for the hell of it, I think I'm gonna try that just, just to do it. You know? Yeah, just order like 30 shirts or whatever, and I bet you sell them. No, it'd be fun. Just you know, like see- half of them will be like your mom and her friends. <laughs> but then, yeah. but then uh, there'll be. I think you would get, particularly because that's sort of like a gimmick. Other classical guitarists would be like, "This is pretty funny. I should grab one." You yeah. Know? Yep. You know, but, but the joke will get old and that'll be that. And... So I always told Brand we had Brandon Coleman on here. I was like, we need to have jazz battles, you know. We'll be like, Akron versus Cincinnati. <laughs> Round one. Round one. Giant and step. We went on fire and like calling each other out and stuff on the stage and the whole, the whole <laughs> nine yards. That would be awesome. I think that would actually <laughs> work. You know, I think that would definitely work. I mean, I would, here's, here's my pitch on jazz is like, you know, America, I'm going to just talk about Americans. We love things like sports and stuff, right? Where there's no, like, the outcome is not known. Anything could happen. We even, like, we really like violent sports where somebody could get hurt and things things could crash and burn. And the whole event could get canceled <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. So it's like we love all these, like, and we love uncertainty. We love TV shows where we can't figure out the ending until the ending. You know, all these kind of things. And it's like, that's jazz. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, go to, like, you don't know what's going to happen. Like, we're playing with fire on stage. There's improvisation. It could be a good night, bad night. Is is Tim going to hang on to this one or not? You know, like, <laughs> is the amp going to stay on? Is it going to fire? You know, like, there's all these, like, little, like, um, that's why I love it, too. It's like, it's a very, like, human thing, you know, where... There's great nights and good nights and bad nights and and, it, and it's a mix of all these different things and it might be good moment or bad moments and you, you never know what you're gonna, gonna quite gonna get but there's that chance that you're gonna get the hail mary at the end of the game that somebody catches or whatever yeah you know yep and that's the same deal with a jazz gig um, you just could happen to see like the greatest you know moment of music in your life and that that can happen at any jazz gig so. Yep. I don't know why it's not more popular. Like, I feel like that's like, there's a, there's a problem with jazz marketing. It tries to, it, it tried to like scholasticize it 
instead of humanize it or something. And, oh, I think uh, that's the same thing that could be said with classical music. Oh, certainly, yeah. It's it's the same thing. It's like you have the the quote unquote higher end uh, or higher art forms, uh, as they've been known to be called, and the marketing and presentation sucks. You know, to an extent, like comparative to like you know, the, the, I guarantee you that like even if they were a super popular jazz guy, Katy Perry's stage show is going to be immensely bigger than that. Yeah, and that, but that's also like. At the well, same time. she's also the, you know, there's not many musicians who make more money and can generate as much but money. That's, as my, that's where I'm kind of headed with my point is that, you know, well, kind of. Her performing in the midst of that organized chaos of showmanship is a lot easier than trying to handle the lines that Pat Metheny can do with, with a trio. You know, like in terms of the complexity, it's like one vocal line versus what he's doing it's not even on the same planet. And I'm not saying Katy Perry's necessarily unskilled or anything like that and remotely. But in terms of the level of skill that's needed to pull off one of the two, like Matheny's... Well, at least he, on the music side of things. No yeah, way Matheny could dance like that. No, and nobody would want to see that. So <laughs> <laughs> if, you're, if you ever listen to this, Pat, I, I'd see it if you did it. Did you, ever see, <laughs> so. never mind, did you ever see that picture of Pat, like, from some gig in Miami where he's wearing like a speedo and that's it. No, (laughs) that's the only thing he's wearing. (laughs) That's amazing. I'd be concerned about getting my guitar like sweaty. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it is Miami, so it's probably really, really, I think it was Miami. I'm assuming, I think that's where, yeah, yeah, I think that's where it was. If you really wanted to show off, you should do it in Iceland, you know, an outdoor gig. (laughs) Nothing but even, even in those, even the high art music, Right, they're yeah. still young, testosterone or whatever going around when you're. Oh in your yeah, 20s. Totally. you know. So maybe we got to well, show more. That's how Pat got popular. Show, show <laughs> some skin. <laughs> Take that, Allie. Now, what are you gonna do? What's now? Your your whole uh, argument falls apart. You forget the Pat. I'll see your point, but I'll well, raise. The, Pat's an interesting case because he kind of. I don't want to say it was pop music but there was a sort of style of pop music that the pat metheny group did um that had its day in the sun so and it was it's almost like the equivalent of like instrumental pop music so Mm -hmm. there's a reason he's as popular he is and it's not because of the jazz trio stuff (laughs) like that's in fact I, i remember seeing an article with him like the Pat Metheny group can play big stadiums, or they could. Uh, Lyle Mays passed away a year or two ago, which was the other main member of that group. So I don't think they're doing anything. They're probably done. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually don't totally know. Um, it's not my favorite thing either. But anyway, he, he was talking about how he he took his trio out. The first time he did the trio in like the early 2000s, he had um, Larry Grenadier and Bill Stewart who were big enough names in jazz that he could book these gigs. But then a couple years later, he did another trio tour and he had um, a young Christian McBride, who's now a huge name in jazz, but at the time nobody knew who he was. And Antonio Sanchez, who no one knew who he was, but is also now a huge name. And he's like, I couldn't book. He's like, I couldn't book anywhere. He was Pat Metheny and like no places wanted to book him because the other two names weren't big enough. Hmm. Um, so, 
it's not the trio stuff i guess is what i'm saying it's not it's not as jazz playing like let's see real jazz playing that got him popular i'm probably get some hate mail for that but yeah there's no such thing as bad press let's get some people angry so yeah, send, send your hate mail to adam k yeah at gmail.com what are you doing to me <laughs> oh man I live in Wadsworth. <laughs> yeah, I think give the address. You know, here's my Google Maps longitude and latitude. Right That's where right. I live, not where Adam lives. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly it. Uh huh. <laughs> so now we should end this thing now, so I can board up my windows. So. The rapid Papathini fans. I don't. They're probably all like 87 years old. So you're probably not much to worry about. Though they might still have some grenades from back in the old war days. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they're storing them <laughs> just waiting, waiting for somebody to shit on uh, Pavadini. <laughs> Sitting there, I've been waiting my whole life. I've kept this grenade in this box, just waiting. And I live in Rochester, Ohio. I'm hunting this guy down. That's it. By the uh, way, we we adore Pavadini. He's yeah, just yeah. like a mind-bogglingly amazing musician and man, amazing, just amazing. Yep. Yeah, I think well, I, I was sending Adam some Pat. We're gonna end this on a good note. I was sending Adam some Pat Metheny stuff the other day, and I I don't think he had heard some of it. Like there's a master class thing that I sent you yeah, or whatever. Rhythm. And then Did there was something I sent you where he was just like warming up for a second. Yeah. And it's really cool to just listen to him to warm up, even like just yep. he's amazing. But like you know, he was just warming up, so there's a little like sloppiness or whatever he's going through it and adam was like i'm just glad that he did that because then i was like because I, I was starting to get really like inferior inferior <laughs> complex because everything he was playing was like so perfect like, it was, like, oh it was nice God. to hear him like flub a little like a couple notes at least like yeah. jesus four thousand missing two makes me feel better <laughs> all right he's human see yeah he missed he, there it is. He's like, it's, that, it's seven in the morning and he's in Columbia or something. And <laughs> <laughs> Jet lag. Jet lag. And he made a few mistakes. And it wasn't even like mistakes, mistakes. They're just like, you know, he's just kind of warming up. So he was just sort of messing around. <laughs> he goes too tight. You know, all these things are against him and he misses like two notes. And that's yeah, it. we're really, yeah. We're, if we're any, you've made it this long in the podcast, send us some Pat Metheny hate mail. <laughs> Uh, someday we'll, we'll drag him on here, but we'll say that you have to be wearing a speedo. <laughs> <laughs> I should make that the what's the what are they called the the what the, the little the, yeah, the little uh, icon thing or whatever for yes. the video yeah the thumbnail the yes. thumbnail yes yeah. yeah sorry I've only said it like three times come on I couldn't it. hear you it's the internet. <laughs> Oh man, that that would be that. note to self, Tim. Remember to rewind and blur that sound on the recording. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, so that you can get away with it. See, I totally didn't hear him. All right, uh, do you, okay. Final thoughts. All right. So, final thoughts on the alley. I agree with most of what the guy had to say, but I'm not as harsh against the people sitting at the top. Like, I think that his beef was more with Bill Maher than the people that were actually being talked about. And that I agree with. It's like, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that the perception is annoying because not necessarily the musician's musician makes it to the top of the, the fame thing, but 
in general, I don't begrudge somebody that success with, because you don't, regardless of your musicianship skill, you have to have some to make it that far, number one. Number two, the amount of drive that it takes to get to that spot is just, it, it's huge. So you, you can easily respect that. And that much I do. I might not listen to them, but clearly that amount of work totally pays off. That's my take. Sure. Yeah, it reminds me, um, I had a boss once and he was talking about his sister who had a PhD in music, his comp- composition. I think she taught at some college. I'm not sure where. Um, but they went to go see her recital. Um, and this is, you know, she was already a professor or something. So this wasn't like a bachelor's degree recital or something like So it's probably pretty high quality, whatever. So the family went to go see it. He was PhD. I mean, like she's dedicated her life to music. And he said, yeah, him and his family all looked at each other and are like, yeah, she went off the deep end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I actually said to him, I'm like, you know, have you really thought about that conversation? Like, what do you know about music? <laughs> like, I was kind of being defensive, but I'm like, what do you, you don't, you're not a musician. Like, what do you know about it? So yeah. your, your sister who's dedicated her life to music, you're not going to take her opinion on it. Like, you're not going to, like, she's your family. She's your blood. Yeah. Yet you're going to say she went off the deep end. Like, like you can't, you don't see where there's a problem there. Like, what, <laughs> you know, whatever you're an expert in, wouldn't you expect people to say, well, I, I should probably get an expert to tell me what this is about. And I think to Ali's point is he was saying, well, what do you do? Like, well, you don't take your opinions about music and art from people like Bill Maher. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. you don't, and you should be, how do you, what's the word you get? Well, you, you probably want to get it with the experts in the field. Yeah. And that's the same thing you would do with anything else. But for some reason in art and entertainment, we treat it way different. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, that we do. Well, I so mean, that's I, an unfortunate I, thing. Yeah. Yep. I have that conversation with my mom all the time because she'll listen, hear me what I hear what I'm listening to. She's like, I just don't get it. I'm like, well, that you're right. <laughs> you don't get it. <laughs> I'm not trying to be elitist, but you know, you don't understand what's going on with that. And in some regard, with it, it's just like you know, yeah, it's minimalist, but there's a lot of reasons why this is good. That it take a, and I'm going to sound totally pompous, but it would take a long time to explain. You know, like not that that she wouldn't get it, but it's like, how do I sum up this? point in time when this song came out and the pushback against everything else what it's doing musically to push back against the the current trends and why it, it broke through and like all these yeah. things like, you know 10 years of schooling you know thrown back and be like how do i sum up why i'm right and you're wrong <laughs> well, <laughs> was- I, mean, I think the food stuff's uh, is an interesting thing it's like people don't like you know i think a lot of people who like whiskey they didn't like it at first you know yeah. and then you kind of like grow to to like it and then once you get a certain taste for it and you sort of start to understand it then you can appreciate it yeah um and then and then you can have many different ones and you can taste the set of differences where the novice like they try burb burb and, you know you could give them the greatest johnny walker blue or whatever like thing or something and they're gonna say this tastes like garbage like they're not they're not ready for it or they wouldn't be able to tell the difference between that and like Jim Beam or something. Like yeah, it would exactly. taste the same to them. Um, and it would probably not taste good. 
Yep. And we, we all kind of went through that, right? Like it didn't just like magically happen. You sort of have to work your way into some of these things. I mean, yeah, same I- with like IPAs and whatever. Most people hate them as soon as they taste them. It's so like hit you in the face. But once you get a taste for it, you kind of figure it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. You can, you grow accustomed to it more and then you can start, eventually you're like eating super bitter chocolate or something. You know, like it's all these little, like the food thing works really well or stinky yep. cheeses and things like that. So you have to sort of acquire the taste for it. Um, I think it, I think it lands the same way with music and you'd like to think, well, you know, if Gordon Ramsay tells me that this bourbon is the greatest thing ever or something, or this, that while I might not be ready for it, I would at least think that he's probably right. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't yep. do that with music for some reason. <laughs> so. Yep. We definitely don't do that with music. We should to an extent, you know, but that happens. Maybe it's more of like a, uh, I don't know. We can save that conversation for, it's, but it's just an interesting thing of that. When we get to the non-objectively quantifiable fields, we think that every opinion works with that. Yeah. You know, it, it and that's not, that's just not the way. To, well, I mean, you can look at it with, with everything with social media. Everybody's got an opinion that they think they're right on it. It's like, not so much. I mean, you can air your opinion. That's fine. But you're definitely wrong on some stuff. You know, that, that's just the way that it is. And that's, you know, I don't mind being wrong on anything because for me, that's a chance to learn. Like, but to, to counterpoint that, that doesn't mean that I'm going to go down with just being like, okay, I'm going to take it at that. I'm going to push back hard because I want to be right in that yeah. regard. Like, you know, like not that I have to have my point proven, but I got to make sure that the point that I'm being quote unquote converted to is solid enough where I feel comfortable moving over there. Cause if I can continually poke holes, it's like, well, it's not convinced yet and not convinced yet. And a stupid, like, well, that doesn't convince me period. It's like, well, no, that there's evidence that will definitely push me over the edge with things. That's just the way that it is. Um, anyways. So yeah, otherwise I think that's uh, pretty good. So if, uh, if you're listening to this podcast and you're wondering why the hell there is a picture of Pat Matheny in a speedo for the thumbnail, you have to listen pretty far. You got to commit to this. And if you have, leave us a like or a thumbs up just to, just so we know how many people made it to the end and got the Pat Matheny reference joke there. That would be pretty amazing. Yeah, <laughs> the, for sure. The rabbit trail on that one. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap this up. Peace right. out, everyone. <laughs>